Welcome to Hormone Health Podcast, brought to you by Georgia Hartman and Chloe Sheehan. This podcast is an extension of Hormone Health Studio, which is our naturopathic clinic based here in Newcastle and online. We're just two naturopaths who love a laugh, coffee, croissants, and conversations about real people with real health concerns. Nothing's off limits. We're here to educate you on what's happening in your body, share emerging research, and debunk buried health misconceptions. So sit back and let us do the talking. So do you want to know what's been going on in my brain recently? I would love to know what's been going on in your brain recently. This past week, I have had a lot of alone time because Will's still away. Mm-hmm. And it's funny the things that you think about or when I'm like left alone with my thoughts. And as a part of like working in consultations and speaking to people, we're going to ask them about their caffeine intake. And what I've come to realize is that when I ask people what, caffeine they drink or what coffee they drink I put them into sort of like I guess it's sort of like you can put them into a category of depending on which coffee they are I'm like ah you're a oh you're a latte drinker oh and what does that mean well I don't really know walk us through the categories Chloe because I feel like I'm I'm in a box a little yeah well a little bit of a background for me my first ever job was working in in a cafe and so like on some Saturdays or Sundays I'd be like pumping out 200 coffees that's impressive yeah I know like you were, I was waiting you were actually the, barista I left or? The, yeah I was a barista <laughs> I left the silence there for you to appreciate me <laughs> and so and and I was thinking myself like because I'm not a regular coffee drinker sometimes I'll go to a cafe and depending on like how I'm feeling it will be like always different I'm not like your standard you know this is my coffee order um depends like sometimes if I'm feeling like health and wellness I'll be like matcha (laughs) other times if I'm feeling like a little bit sensitive I'll be like chai latte for the sensitive girl and then sometimes I'm like fuck me up just give me a long black So, and then and, and I was just like thinking about like when clients tell me what coffee order they have, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, okay. That is so funny. So I'm more of a cappuccino person. Does that scream middle-aged? No, I'm a cappuccino person. <laughs> what milk do you have? Um, full cream. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're like boomer. It's a boomer coffee order. It probably is. You're not wrong. But uh, yeah, like I don't really have a standard like typical coffee that I'm drinking, but I was just thinking about that this week. And so that is. I'm a little bit of a like a a soy flat white girl today. Any of your clients that will be listening to this will be like, I'm never telling Chloe anything ever again. And I would never like, I don't even know what it means. I haven't worked out like what it actually means. I think it's just my, yeah, it's my processing. Oh, little flat white. Yeah, sometimes I'm a piccolo gal. Are you? I don't know. Yeah, why? No, see, I'm not in it for the hit. I'm in it for the warm mug of happiness, you know. That, <laughs> and, you know. I think you are in it for the hit. Don't you have a double shot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bit of a hit. But no, if for me, like I, I couldn't do a piccolo or an espresso. Mm-hmm. Like I need a full... A full yeah, thing. full thing. So yeah, it's a whole experience. Yeah. Um, anything weird that you've thought about this week, or just? Um, <laughs> I feel like I should have prepared for this. <laughs> I know. I really threw you under the bus there. <laughs> 
Uh, look, I have weird thoughts all the time, to be, to be honest. Often I message you um, and I go, hey, just go out of the shower. Um, what am I thinking? <laughs> here's what I think we should do. So we're talking about coffee, but what we're also going to be talking about in today's episode is why the heck am I so tired? And yeah. not me, us, me. collectively, <laughs> you, all of us. And so today we're talking about the different reasons why someone would feel tired and what actually is energy because it's yes it's a broad topic but there's lots of different things depending on the individual that would make you or contribute to you feeling tired so should we talk about the Krebs cycle I feel like the Krebs cycle has just followed us everywhere since we finished uni but maybe give a really simplified explanation on energy yeah, what, you know what it is. So we at uni learned about the Krebs cycle, and I remember having to memorize it for mm-hmm. exams. Um, but essentially, the Krebs cycle is our how we produce energy, and it starts from a molecule of glucose, and it glo- goes through a process of glycolysis, and from that, basically, what we're trying to do is produce energy in the form of ATP. And so this happens in a component of our cells called the mitochondria or the powerhouse of the cells. And so really, when we're thinking about energy production, it's all happening in a cellular level. Yeah, so true. So often when people come in and they're like, oh, I'm tired. You know, the question is, well, what's going on? There's so many things that could be contributing to low energy or fatigue. And so let's let's talk about some of those. Some of the big ones that we see at Hormone Health Studio are hormones, hormonal fluctuations. So, you know, whether that's thyroid hormones, whether it's insulin, you know, when you have like a big meal that would spike your insulin levels, like a big, my favorite type, like I'm talking a big creamy pasta. (laughs) Big, everything's big, big mug, big cream. (laughs) Big thoughts. Big mug of coffee, big creamy pasta. You know when you eat that though and then what happens is that you get like a spike in insulin and then it drops, right? And then you can get the low energy or the fatigue after you have that type of meal. So anyway, hormones, thyroid hormones, insulin levels, even estrogen and progesterone at particular points in the cycle. Like often we'll see people premenstrually feeling really fatigued or in the case of endo, endometriosis, you can have a really hectic period sometimes and then afterwards feel really fatigued. And because you're put in those cases, there's a lot of inflammation and also is there a component of heavy bleeding? Um, so when somebody does present with low energy, we ask about how long it's been going on for and then we think about foundational things. We really start there in terms of nutritionally. How are you feeding yourself? What are your behaviors around your food? Like Georgia was saying, your blood sugar levels can really impact your energy, especially picking up on different clues of, are you feeling tired after you've eaten? Are you feeling tired at different parts throughout the day? And so from a nutritional perspective, we need to say one, are you eating enough? Two, are you eating a right composition of food enough proteins and fats to balance out carbohydrates and thirdly are you eating at the right times Mm, good point and I think you know what are the types of food that you're eating like are you eating foods that aren't 
nutrient dense? Are you avoiding foods that are rich in iron and B12 that are really key in energy production? There's a lot to say around food and nutrition when it comes to energy. And also in terms of what we're talking about with that Krebs cycle, there's certain nutrients that are going to be these cofactors that helps that Krebs cycle function. Mm -hmm. A lot of your B vitamins, B vitamins are water soluble. Meaning we B1 need B one and B two. <laughs> Are you thinking when I'm thinking B one? <laughs> um, and so these things need replenishing every day. Um, they don't stay in your system, same as other sort of fat soluble vitamins. Mm-hmm. They need to be replenished. What about any other nutritional deficiencies? Yeah, like vitamin D. Yeah. Often you'll find, you know, if it's been raining a lot or it's really overcast outside, you can often feel a bit down and flat and sad i've like anecdotally i've had quite a few clients um present just feeling different and Mm. and you know we were talking about that there is actually a condition called seasonal affective disorder also Mm. known as sads um but a thing that i was speaking about with my clients is that human beings we don't think about as seasonal but we can be seasonal so our exercise can change during different types in times in the year our eating can change during different times of the year as well um, and so I think it's okay to have different routines but you sh- when when you're dealing with sort of low mood consistently or low energy we need to look at those routines I would say I'm a seasonal being <laughs> Yeah, like a hibernating bear. I'm like a hibernating bear, yes. And so I've started my exercise routine in winter and, you know, I get up really early and go to the gym and it's so hard and it's not getting any easier getting up and I'm just hanging out for warmer weather. For your big mug. (laughs) For For my big mug. I can't wait for warmer weather. I actually feel more energetic. Yeah. And so where I was going with all of that was that vitamin D plays a really big role in our energy and our mood. There's really interesting research looking at vitamin D levels when it comes to anxiety, depression, but also even just simply getting sunshine. Mm. Such a huge improvement on your energy, on your mood, on feelings of stress. I would say that um, a trick that I tell my clients is that if you're actually wanting to get vitamin D exposure really aim for that sort of 11 a.m to 2 p.m when the sun is sitting in the highest point Mm -hmm. in the sky because when you get to that early afternoon or early morning it's sort of at that angle where you're not getting the same sort of vitamin d penetration so movement movement you know naturally the more we move that can generate more energy and it's really hard because sometimes you especially after a big day at work and you get home you just want to relax how do we know if movement's going to be beneficial at this time or is it going to... Yeah, you know what's really interesting about exercise and I feel like I've been a bit of a guinea pig the last couple of months. What's been going on for me personally because this episode is all about me is that I have been through months of like sleep deprivation and breastfeeding and broken sleep and, you know, all of that that's in postpartum. And so often when you wake up from a really shitty night, you think, goodness the last thing that I want to do is exercise like I just don't have it in me but I have found the complete opposite once I started exercising yeah you've like beamed into work after mornings of going to the gym like it's phenomenal irrespective of how much sleep I get I mean look when I say that 
when I say irrespective of how much sleep I get right now, a bad night for us is maybe I wake up three or four times. Um, so I know that there's others out there that it's way worse and are in the complete thick of it. Um, but we've kind of come a long way, which is exciting Yeah, <laughs> when it comes to sleep. And you found that it works for you to exercise. Oh, it's just like it'll pick me up. It'll make me feel so good all day. But I've also noticed a huge difference in my mood. So yes, my energy, my energy, but also my mood. Like I feel like I can respond better to stress. I feel like I'm not losing my shit as quickly and as often at auto. Like I feel like I'm just mentally a better person. And simply all I've done is prioritized exercise like five days a week. And for me, um, which I've probably said in previous episodes, I can very much tell when exercise is going to work for me and when it's not. Um, because if I start exercising and I'm really not feeling it, then I know that either it's not the right time. I may not be in the right sort of time in my cycle or things may just be too much or I haven't eaten enough before and I don't have the energy. So I think the biggest thing is just finding something that works for you in terms of movement, get your heart rate going because we know movement generates energy. Mm -hmm. One of the big things you can do to overcome fatigue and improve energy is to exercise and it seems counterintuitive doesn't it like you think I've got nothing left to expend on exercise but once you start doing it you feel it's a yeah it's a, it can be addictive I'm addicted are you yeah well, I'm addicted to my big mug of coffee and I'm addicted to <laughs> exercise I'm not addicted to getting up at 4 25 a.m but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that will change and so I guess that naturally leads on to sleep quality as well because we really like I said at the start we're working on foundationals here we need to make sure that you are getting good foundational sleep movement nutritional before we can then go into the more complexities of why you may be dealing with um, low energy and so sleep quality as well as sleep quantity would you say if you had someone I don't know. I always refer back to postpartum because I think I'm so thick in it. But if you had someone and they were so depleted and so tired and you had to choose between sleep or exercise. Sleep. Yeah, I agree. So I think when we say get up, get going, it's like, yes. For some. For some. But also if sleep isn't right. And obviously, you know, it's it's a bit of a cycle. So the more you exercise, the better you sleep. Like it can really help to improve sleep. But I will always say, I'm with you there, I will always say, let's get sleep right. Yeah, and especially if if you just need that extra hour or extra half hour or even extra 15 minutes just to sort of start your day or to get that little bit of time in bed Um, and then think about your movement throughout the day could just be uh, especially for mums you know if you're at home with your bubs or with your kids you know holding them and doing some squats or you know moving around we don't have to complicate exercise it just has to be anything that gets your muscles warm Um, and so I think that's a big thing speaking to our clients it's say do what you can in your capacity and don't overcomplicate it or set these big sort of expectations up for yourself do what you have available yeah even just a walk outside by the beach you know something with some fresh air with some sunlight something to just get your body moving it doesn't have to be a huge workout no you'll eventually once you start feeling the benefits of exercise you'll want to go further but if you're just starting out for sure just just I've been really getting into cat cows lately oh cute (laughs) what do you prefer cat or cow I forget which one's what well the cat 
arches its back, right? Because, you know, it's like about to hiss and pounce. Oh, and then a cow <laughs> has got the big The big dip. hunch. Yeah, okay. I think I like cat. Yeah, I like cat too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just hey, like... Hey, did you start boxing? No. When was... Yeah, you were going to join a boxing gym. Oh, no, I'm over that now. Oh, that was just a, that was a passing comment? <laughs> yeah, probably. That was me talking my follicular phase. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to, like, at least work up to a couple of push-ups before I can do boxing. It's a good point, I think, talking about your cycle because you think, you know, in menstruating women, the first half of your cycle, your follicular phase, you can feel quite... Well, after the bleed stops, then you can feel quite Estrogen's strong. Estrogen's rising. You Estrogen's feel rising. You're feeling, you're feeling good. Um, and then around ovulation, feel great. You might even be able to lift heavier weights around that time. And then it can start to slow back down again in the luteal phase. Yeah. So maybe for me, but also maybe not. Chloe's like a boxer <laughs> in her follicular phase and cat cow. <laughs> My luteal. luteal. Um, yeah. So, and the other thing to note with sleep as well is sleep apnea things that are causing you to impair things that are impairing your sleep quality i wonder how many people are listening to this are mouth breathers yeah well are you uh no i'm a very strong nose breather (laughs) (laughs) i I know what i know i think i'm a bit of a mouth breather actually i think otto is too so i need to get on top of that yeah well uh, and will actually wears i like got him to try mouth tape because he will be like the video you showed me of Otto rolls on his back and it's just like Snoring. snore city. Yeah, interesting. Have and you ever taped your mouth? No, I don't need you to. You don't need to because you're a strong Well, if you breather. wake up, if you wake up in the morning with either bad breath or a dry mouth, then yes, you're probably breathing through your mouth. But with sleep apnea, which we find in clients for so many different reasons, whether that be due to alcohol intake or increased insulin weight, resistance. Ins- yeah, insulin resistance, that can really have an impact on the amount of oxygen you're bringing into your body um, and carbon dioxide leaving your body, which impairs your energy throughout the day. Yeah, and it's interesting in kids, I find sleep problems in kids really interesting Mm. particularly if there's a history of tongue tie or anything like that which is very much in my kids so I find um I find this really interesting and then the effect of that on their behavior but anyway we're I'm steering off course (laughs) bring you back um you wanted to talk about the influence of our genes yes with energy I'm super curious about this Yes. So we do a lot of genetic testing in clinic. And when we test your genes, we can see kind of how you're built. And so there's genes involved in mood and neurotransmitters. There's genes involved in nutrients like B12 and folate and choline and vitamin D. There's nutrients involved in gut function, liver function, antioxidant requirements, estrogen metabolism, histamine. It's fascinating. Yeah. I I think it's my thing, genetic testing, genes Genes are your thing. Genes are my thing. Um, And so when it comes to energy specifically, for sure, there's particular genes that we look at, like COMPT, (laughs) C-O-M-T, you know, just in (laughs) case that sounded like something else. Um, TCN2 is a big one. That's a B12 gene. You and I both have variations in that gene. And COMPT as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you heterozygous? Can't remember. Yeah, I think you are. Um, MTHFR plays a big role when it comes to folate and the methylation process. PEMPT 
which is involved in choline. There's VDR genes for vitamin D. There's, you know, like I said, gut genes, estrogen genes. So when we test your genes, because your genes don't change, it gives us a really good understanding of your foundation. And once we know how you're built, their treatment's really streamlined from there because we're not guessing. We're not throwing things at you, hoping that they will work. We're looking at, okay, well, this is you as a complete individual. What do we need to do to support you? And it gives us that extra insight as well to say, okay, well, um, looking at pathology, if your pathology tests are all okay, then it just gives you that extra insight to say, well, what are your nutritional requirements here and how can that potentially play Mm. a role in your energy? Because, you know, it's that classic case of everything looks okay, but I'm still feeling like shit. Yeah, particularly B12, I think, because... When you test B12 in the blood, and it depends on where you are in the world and what the reference range is, Um, here in Australia, depending on the lab, it might be anything over 135 picomoles per litre is sufficient. But Japan says anything less than 500 picomoles per litre, you'll start experiencing symptoms of B12 deficiency, like fatigue, like anxiety, depression, tingling hands and feet yeah like and their reference range goes up to 1300 whereas yeah so it's fascinating and then with b12 sorry to jump in no you go for it uh this is i love b12 (laughs) (laughs) i love genes and i love b12 um when it comes to b12 we could look at your b12 level in the blood but then when we couple that with your b12 genes like tcn2 we can have a good insight into how well you can get b12 from the blood into the cell because if you have a variation in tcn2 such as homozygosity that means that you can't necessarily get b12 from the blood into the cell as well as someone who doesn't have that variation so even if it's okay in the blood on a cellular level It's not so okay. And whilst we're talking about B12 as well, B12 is needed with iron to create the protein of hemoglobin. Hemoglobin Mm -hmm. transports oxygen around the body. And so when we're thinking about fatigue and when we're thinking about exhaustion, we need to think about you know, are you adequately oxygenating your brain? Is that something, is there a concern there? Um, And so that's why B12, iron and hemoglobin are gonna be a part of those basic workups when looking at energy. So when I was around 16, 17, I got really, really tired. Is this when you got chlamydia? (laughs) No. when I got glandular fever actually oh you are a whole host of things viral girl um I wonder when I got HPV (laughs) (laughs) um viruses love me I must be a good host you are a good host actually I have been over to your house and when Will turned up with the champagne I was like oh my goodness yeah I texted him to do that for you and you are such and you are such a good host for doing that without telling the guests that you had planned this whole it felt like a surprise party I'm not gonna lie (laughs) and um yeah so back to my glandular fever I lots of people get it like it's it's a very common virus Epstein-Barr virus um but it really hit me and anytime I would exert any physical energy I would get sick and it would go straight to my tonsils and then I would get this post-viral fatigue and then I would recover mm-hmm. and then all it would take for me to do a bike ride and I'd be back to square one really like not even an like were you riding uphill and people were applauding you no, or I probably it- yeah bike riding's a really <laughs> the theme for me um <laughs> 
yeah, I was probably riding uphill, but like I wasn't doing anything strenuous. But as everybody would tell me when I was 16, 17, you're burning the candle from both ends. Mm. You know, you're doing a lot. I was going for my driver's license. I was going out with friends. I was Mm -hmm. in high school. And so I was also dealing with this virus and I just hated it because anytime I would exert any energy, I'd just be back to square one. And so I think we need to think about the role here of viruses as well and long viral or post recovery such as long COVID. Yeah. And we see that a lot in clinic, particularly people who have had COVID experience Mm. weeks, months of fatigue afterwards and there's that hypothesis around um, chronic fatigue syndrome that it is viral based um, how it has an impact on a cellular level impacting your mitochondria or your ability to produce energy and so um, a lot of people will have previously been exposed to Epstein-Barr virus also known as glandular fever or mononucleosis Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, I think it's just about saying, well, what's active at the moment? What's happening? Is there something activating your immune system? And this is why whenever we see someone that says, help, why am I tired? Because mm. <laughs> that's how they walk in. Help, why am I tired? We always get a timeline on, okay, well, when did you start feeling tired? If it's been your whole life, that's really when I start doing genetics because it's like, well, hang on, what are we missing here? What What is it on a genetic level? That could be contributing uh but even going back like okay when were you last sick have you had this have you had that what's your gut like what are your nutrient status tell Family me about history food. like mm. in terms of celiac disease as i was saying in another podcast as well fatigue can sometimes be one of the main presenting symptoms when yeah. we're thinking about things like celiac disease but also pcos um you know Fatigue is tricky. It's like migraines. It's you have to you have to work out what not just one, but usually several driving factors are here all contributing to these. Yeah. And I think the environment plays a big role too and and that can be a really hard one when it comes to health because we can't necessarily see or even smell things in our environment that might be affecting our health. Yeah, interesting. When you say smell, what are you thinking of? (laughs) Well, like like you can't necessarily smell phthalates and parabens. mm. Do they directly affect energy? Not necessarily, but they affect hormones. And if your thyroid hormones are affected or anything in your endocrine system, then that absolutely will affect your energy. And also you don't sometimes have a control of your work environment. Do they have air fresheners in your space? Is Is there there mold? mold? Sick sick building syndrome is a real thing. Um, And Mold's a big one too, isn't it? We see a lot of mold illness. And it's not just the black mold. It's the ones that you can't see. Yeah. Um, So we are products of our environment. I remember, do you remember uh, lecturer Sue Stevens said, you are what you don't shit? (laughs) <laughs> no, but that would have stuck with me, actually. <laughs> it stuck with me because it's so funny like, thinking so about true. it. Um, yeah, I don't even know if that's like a good segue <laughs> or not, but I just remember her saying that we are a product of our environment. We are so also are a product of what we put into our body. <laughs> You're going to think about that. You should get it tattooed. Um, other things that affect energy, though, like inflammation, Pain. I mean, anyone that's in pain knows how much it just absorbs. Oh my gosh, yeah, right? completely. Like yeah. There's a lot of inflammation with pain. 
there's a lot of systemic effects with pain, often coupled with anxiety, low mood, depression, and that's all going to affect your energy. So once we have an understanding of all of the factors that could be contributing to low energy, then we can go from there. I think you made a good point in terms of talking about... I often make good points. <laughs> ...about depression and anxiety. Those conditions are quite common and they can contribute to low energy and low motivation and i think you know sometimes it doesn't have to be something that we can see or a nutritional deficiency it can be what's going on in your head that can have that effect on you from an energetic perspective yeah i agree and i think you know we've spoken about a lot about dietary aspects lifestyle aspects even something as simple as connection Mm. human connection friends family talking getting out you know separating work from home having like actual connection plays a it's a really big pillar of health that i think a lot of us are missing particularly on the back of the pandemic working from home people all working in isolation being Mm -hmm. in isolation even this morning like you had a bucket of energy and i was like yeah yeah, this is the energy we want on a Friday morning here. It was infectious. Was it? Actually, yeah. Claire sent me a screenshot. Let me bring it up of an email that someone sent this morning saying, how sweet is this? Um, let me find it. Said, hi, Georgia. It was lovely to meet with you this week. Your energy was just so infectious and welcoming. Oh, that's I nice. have never had anyone say anything like that. To I just me said that to you. <laughs> yeah, but before that, yours was, you know, I've disregarded it now because I've, someone else topped it this morning. But how nice. That's very sweet. People who you surround yourself with are definitely going to have an impact on your total health. Yeah. And what yeah. that looks like. So if this has left you curious about what's going on then the first steps is really having somebody ask you a million and one questions yeah if you're tired come in we will make it feel like a job interview and then we'll interrogate you but i think like i've said previously it's it's hard when you're in it to see objectively what's going on well, maybe that's what we should talk about is like, okay, if you're really in it right now, really feeling fatigued, really low energy, what can you do right now before even coming in and having a console? Like, I reckon, I'd say there's three big things from a lifestyle perspective. Red Bull. <laughs> the <laughs> red <Mother>. one. <laughs> one, get your sleep routine in check yeah, and I really agree. focus on your circadian rhythm. Not like, yes, if you're waking up to an alarm, then potentially you're waking up in a deep sleep cycle, which could be making you feel tired. I'd say get your sleep routine in check and really try to as much as possible focus on the quality of sleep. If you don't have control over the quantity of sleep. Actually on that, in the show notes, I'm going to link a blog post we have on improving sleep quality. So there's lots of good tips there on how to improve your sleep. What's the second and third should, should we say it at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> One, two, no, I don't know. I would say the other two factors are exercise, exercise. and stress. <laughs> You're just watching my lips move. I would say yeah. the other two factors are exercise and stress. I think if you could do sleep, exercise, stress, yeah. 
like notice a difference in your energy within four weeks maybe a little bit of electrolytes i am loving electrolytes are they are you know your body's constantly buzzing trying, i'm buzzing on just, electrolytes yeah. um <laughs> walking around i think you know it's it, you can adequately hydrate but just make sure that you you're getting your electrolytes from fruits from vegetables um from different things because they're going to be what's supporting your sodium levels your chloride levels your bicarbonate levels which all mm-hmm. help with energy supply and often we'll find, you know, how to know. I think this is probably a good question to answer is how do you know if you need more electrolytes? One of the things that I will often see in clinic is people are constantly urinating, you know, like they they feel like they have a sip of water and they feel like they need to wee straight away, which to me tells me that they're not utilizing the water that yeah. they're intaking. I weighed like four times before 10 o'clock this morning. Were you stressed? I can't remember. No, I was, oh, maybe maybe I was buzzing because I was stressed. So after you came into my office and had a big bucket of energy, <laughs> like, I can't cope with all of this. <laughs> Good point, though. Yeah, I think when I tell my clients um, about urinating levels, it's like keep it a nice sort of straw color. We're not aiming for crystal clear, mm-hmm. um, transparent urine. Mm-hmm. You want a bit of color in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sorry where I was going with that was even if you put like a pinch of salt in your water bottle that can often help your cells absorb water so that you can utilize it properly sometimes I do a little bit of pulpy orange juice oh here we go (laughs) and when it comes to stress I think you know one of the actually I'll link a blog post that we have on stress too but one of the big questions you need to ask yourself when you're experiencing constant stress is what is it that's stressing me out and what do I need to do about it? And also redefining stress as anything that sets your nervous system off kilter. Yeah. So anticipation, excitement, stress doesn't have to have a negative connotation. It can be anything that causes you excitement. Mm. Yeah, it's so true, right? Because often there's similar symptoms between stress, anxiety, and excitement. Mm. Like you can get butterflies in your tummy. You can get a racing heart rate. You can get clammy palms. Yeah, your appetite can mm, change. The question is, what is that? Is that stress or is it excitement? Life. Oh, life. Oh, life. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I would say. If you're feeling really, really fatigued, really low energy right now, start with sleep introduce exercise look at the stress and then we can dig a bit deeper chloe rate your energy out of 10 10 being the best energy you've ever had in your life um probably like i don't i don't rate anything even the best things in the world 10 out of 10 because i'm i don't think that's unachievable i'm such a critic (laughs) so i'd probably say seven seven pretty is like right now or pretty consistently so seven today but on average like maybe Six and a half. Really? But five's five's average. Yeah. So seven's like better than average. Yeah, fair. What are you? Oh, eight, eight and a half. Really? Yeah. In the afternoon? Two. <laughs> no, now that I have looked at the food that I'm eating and realizing I'm not having enough protein, uh, thanks to Chloe, who's just like, <laughs> who's criticizing everything. Yeah. I walk in and she goes, how are you? I'm like, I'm tired. She goes, what have you eaten? <laughs> That's not enough. <laughs> um, so I actually feel much better since Chloe e- eating properly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? Thought. Even my brother at the gym, he was saying that 
uh, because my brother and I go to the gym together and it was so cute. When we first started, um, people were like, oh, is that your partner? I was like, ew, it's my younger brother. Who do you think's at home with the kids? Anyway, um, my brother was saying that he was really tired after the gym. Like he's been training a lot and he is often going for a second, if not third hit of caffeine in a day. And I was like, Dempsey, not okay. That like, shame. Gee. Well, I mean, if you quickly uh, don't have many brothers to choose from, <laughs> you see. <laughs> um, but since upping his protein. These are things that you can change. You've just got to sort of start somewhere. And like we said, we've given you at least three, four things to look at. Start there, see how you go, and then, if not, chat to us. So if you are experiencing fatigue or have experienced chronic fatigue, post-viral fatigue, fatigue related to your hormones or your gut or your whatever it may be, I'd actually really love to hear from you. I want to know your journey, what has helped, what didn't help, where are you at? So let us know on socials. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, leave us a review and follow us on socials. We'd love to hear from you. 